This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. And we begin with a warning about more severe winter weather that is now hitting our province. Significant snow followed by freezing rain and then the potential for flooding. Sarah McDonald is live in Vancouver with more on the warnings, which, Sarah, include one from the province to avoid all non-essential travel. Yeah, Chris, here's a warning that we don't typically hear, certainly not every day. Stay off the roads altogether unless it is an absolute emergency for the next 36 hours. That is what drivers across the south coast are being told by the province tonight as we brace for some extremely dangerous weather and driving conditions coming our way over the next few days. On the heels of record-breaking snowfall comes a dire warning from provincial officials to British Columbians as we head into the peak of the holiday season. Buckle up. With already dangerous driving conditions expected to get even worse very soon. Freezing rain is primarily forecast in the Fraser Valley and on Vancouver Island. In the Fraser Valley, freezing rain could last up to 36 hours. It's no longer just snow, but freezing rain set to spark slick, icy and extremely hazardous conditions on highways and roadways across the south coast. Our contractors will do their best to manage what is thrown our way. But the timing is going to be tricky to go from plowing a heavy dump of snow to laying down salt to combat the freezing rain. Only adding to those logistical challenges, the snow that is still yet to be cleared in some stretches. Main Road, contracted by the province for highway maintenance, declining comment Thursday. Other than issuing a warning that some arteries it's been tasked with keeping clear could be coated with ice and close to traffic in the coming days. The Minister of Transportation skirting a direct answer on whether the province is reassessing its existing lucrative contracts. We have uh, performance standards that are adhered to year-round for road maintenance contractors. We will continue to do that. Even those staying off the roads could find themselves in the cold too. BC Hydro preparing for significant damage to its systems on the south coast. When we see freezing rain, it can encase uh, branches and trees and vegetation, and it can make them very brittle and heavy, which increases the chances that they're going to come down into our electrical infrastructure. Strong winds and extreme cold causing renewed concern for those without a roof to shelter under. Warming centers remaining open for the homeless under potentially deadly conditions. The worst of what's to come is expected to subside by the end of the weekend. But even then, we're not in the clear. With a trifecta of punishing precipitation, expected to deliver a one, two, three punch even as temperatures rise, with potentially severe flooding. The next concern as all that snow and ice begins to melt. And the province is also preparing for that potential flooding in the days to come, warning that Vancouver Island and the Fraser Valley could be impacted by that. For now, though, the immediate focus is on keeping drivers off the road, if possible, for the next few days. Something that, Chris, is going to be really hard for a lot of people to do. That warning is in place from tonight until Saturday at least, with, of course, Sunday being Christmas Day. Amazing. All right. Well, thanks very much, Sarah.
much more coverage to come here because the winter storm could also have a big impact on BC ferries. It's warning that there might be interruptions due to high winds and excessive snow. The service is asking riders to give themselves ample time to arrive for those sailings. They are also warning of possible sailing cancellations on multiple routes, so please check their website for any alerts. All right, let's bring in senior meteorologist Christy Gordon right now. Christy, you've been watching this all day. What's your best guess about when it's going to hit and what should people know? Well, it's starting to pick up across Vancouver Island as we speak. We're seeing snow in Comox and in Campbell River and Sunshine Coast. That's going to spread into the lower mainland in not too long. Uh, it will begin as light flakes, but it will intensify through the overnight period. And we are expecting anywhere from 10 to 20 centimeters of snow. So this is overnight tonight through the morning hours. And as we talked about, this is bringing in milder conditions. So as things start to warm up, we are going to see a transition to a mix of rain and snow we may see ice pellets and freezing rain across the region. So when I come back, we'll highlight the exact areas that we're expecting the freezing rain and the timeline. And then as we mentioned, it will continue to warm up. Heavy rain expected, and I'll show you which areas are expecting it. Back to you. Christmas plans awaiting all of those details, and we'll check in a little bit later on. Thanks, Christy. Vancouver International says it's ready for the arrival of the next storm, even though the airport is still recovering from an operational collapse earlier this week. 100 flights were canceled at YVR today, and airlines have been busy canceling hundreds of flights scheduled for tomorrow in advance of that big storm. Paul Johnson is live at YVR, where passengers are, well, passengers and employees, let's be honest, are coping the best they can. Paul? Well, Chris, YVR leadership today told us they think they've sorted out the problems that hit them earlier this week. But there's one important hangover you need to pay attention to that's still affecting things. They've got international arrivals canceled still until 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. And of course, with no planes coming in internationally, that means there aren't planes to go out either. I was just looking at the departure board, flights to London Heathrow, Amsterdam, Istanbul, all canceled. If your plans or your families involved international flying in and out of YVR, you really need to pay attention and check in the next couple of days. If you're trying to put your holiday aviation nightmare into perspective, check out the fellow we caught up with at YVR Thursday, trying to get to New Jersey on Air Canada. So I was sleeping here last night, and I need to sleep one more day here to be able to go to my destination. That's a committed traveler, among the many thousands who've endured the chaos at YVR since Monday night's snowfall, which saw the airport overwhelmed and at its worst moment, unable to deplane arriving passengers for hours in some cases, a situation YVR president Tamara Vrooman said Thursday was unacceptable. We really feel for the passengers that were on those flights, particularly the ones that were coming in on international flights. You know, they've been on a, an aircraft for 16 hours and then were held here. Vrooman says YVR did make advanced plans. She says the runways and tarmacs all got plowed, but they faced a shortage of de-icing capacity. And that, combined with airport staff struggling to get to work, left them with a congested airfield, which she expects they've improved. We've changed our policy so there will be no holds on aircraft. We've also cancelled, as you know, international inbound flights to create the capacity for movement. We brought in extra staff. 
uh, as we did before. With more snow on the way, the other thing to watch is what the airlines are doing. And they're facing continent-wide weather challenges, resulting in cascading cancellations and frustrated passengers telling us it's harder than ever to reach the airlines when there's a problem. This guy was trying to get to Vegas on flare. So I tried to call him. I called him 20 times. Nobody's talking to me. And they said, okay. They sent me an email and they said, okay, we'll send you to, to Las Vegas next week. I said, that's when I'm coming back home. So a lot of people were, quite frankly, stunned that an airport in Canada could get so bogged down by a snow event like this. Uh, YBR leadership have been describing this as an unprecedented snowfall, though I've spoken with some other experienced forecasters who are not characterizing it that way. They said this was not a hundred-year storm. This was more like a once-in-a-five-year storm. They did point out that most people didn't expect we'd get this much snow. But one important thing also was pretty much everybody knew for four days ahead of time that we were going to get a snowfall here. Chris? Let's hope those lessons have been learned for this next round. Paul Johnson at YVR for us tonight. Thank you, Paul. Drivers in the Okanagan are dealing with some challenging conditions. There's a few high spots that are actually a little bit uh, sort of less than easy to drive. The road between Peachland and Summerland is considered the worst stretch of Highway 97. The wind whips off the lake, creating a microclimate that makes driving there treacherous. It's icy, and the road has a washboard surface. That means it's slow going for vehicles, at least if they're smart drivers. And it's so cold, salt won't be effective until it warms up a little bit. Unseasonably cold temperatures in the Okanagan have residents stepping up to help those living outside stay warm. In Kelowna, temperatures have dropped into the minus 30s overnight, and the city is operating an overnight warming bus at the rail trail next to a homeless encampment. The bus arrives at 5 p.m. daily, but during the day, there is no place to warm up on site until, that is, residents stepped in and brought in their own daytime warming bus to help fill the gap. It was concerned citizens who saw a need and had felt this was the only way they could contribute. And to me, that's not the city playing a part. That's the city failing to do its part. Meanwhile, Kelowna City staff say they are working with all their partners to try to serve the community through the cold snap, including those who are experiencing homelessness. The province is assessing whether it needs to take over during major weather events like the snowstorms we've seen this week. Premier David Eby just created the new Ministry of Emergency Management and Climate Readiness earlier this month. And Minister Bowen Ma is already facing a big test. Richard Zussman has more. They are now all too common in this province. Wildfires, floods, drought, and more and more often in Vancouver and Victoria, snowstorms. The extreme weather events that we have seen are likely to become even more severe and even more frequent. The ongoing storms across southern Vancouver Island and Metro Vancouver is testing municipal and provincial capacity, as well as the resolve of residents. 
Events like this are why the BC government created a new Ministry of Emergency Management and Climate Readiness and put Bowen Ma in charge. The work that Emergency Management British Columbia used to do as a segment of the Ministry of Public Safety has become so much greater than what it was even five years ago. Ma and the Ministry in the midst of doing a complete assessment of the risks of these sort of events to British Columbia. There will be things taken from this week and much more, an 18-month commitment to do a provincial-wide risk and vulnerability assessment to understand the impacts of floods and wildfires, drought and seismic risks. We're going to be evaluating our emergency response capacity here in British Columbia and our ability to work with community partners to make sure that they're able to weather storms better. The province will assess whether in major weather events they need to take over, to work with municipalities, to move resources, be them snow plows or fire trucks, and ensure public essentials like health care and transit are protected. I think there are always lessons to be learned when we experience something that is unprecedented. Right now, Emergency Management BC takes calls for municipalities and provinces help when needed. The BC Liberals say this government has a responsibility to act now. The fact that this minister needs 18 months to figure out what to do um, shows me that this is a, a ministry that uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing hope in. The new reality, the province will not just be learning over the next 18 months, but acting on events like this as they become equally more common and more destructive. Richard Lisbon, Global News, Victoria. Tofino loses an iconic restaurant, the fire that destroyed shelter, and how it leaves a huge hole in the community during the holiday season. That's next on the News Hour. BC's South Coast loses bragging rights, at least for the moment, where the weather is warm enough for some winter golf. Coming up, and neglected puppies rescued from almost certain death. That's later as well. But right now, a popular Tofino restaurant has been destroyed in an overnight fire. The upscale bistro shelter is much more than a place to eat for the community. And as Kylie Stanton tells us, firefighters are being commended for containing the fire and not allowing it to spread. The flames burning through this structure are taking with it more than just a restaurant. Livelihoods, memories, and a constant in the community. In the light of day, the loss sinks in. The damage is pretty extensive. The alarm at Tofino's shelter restaurant sounded just after 1 o'clock Thursday morning. According to RCMP, who were first on scene, the blaze appears to have started in the kitchen. Within minutes, more than 20 volunteer firefighters from Tofino and Euclid got to work. It's a uh, wood-framed building and with uh, heavy timber inside. And yeah, it was it was pretty fully engulfed when uh, you know when we got there. So it's uh, unfortunately it's most likely not going to be recoverable. Despite the sheer size of the blaze, crews fought through the night to prevent it from spreading to neighboring businesses and properties. You know, our hearts are going out to, to the owners and the employees and their families. It's a very difficult time uh, for this to happen. Those employees were counting on, you know, working over the holiday season to get them through those difficult months of January, February, where tourism is in a lull. 
And so it's so critical. A message posted on the Shelter Restaurant Facebook page reads, It is with heavy hearts that we shared the news that early this morning, a fire destroyed Shelter Restaurant. We don't know what caused the fire yet, but we do know that no one was inside the building at the time. There were no injuries and the fire did not spread. Shelter has been a champion of the community, backing local charities, events, and initiatives. Now, the conversation is how Tofino can return the favor. They've just been a driving force in their contributions to making Tofino what it is today and supporting the people that live in Tofino. So I think it'll be really important for the people in the community to rally behind the, that business and their employees and give them the best support possible. The cause of the fire is not yet known, and the investigation is ongoing. Kylie Stanton, Global News. A recent arrival from Ontario faces several charges after a Vancouver senior was randomly assaulted and another carjacked in Olympic Village. Police say the crime spree started just before four yesterday afternoon when a 76-year-old man was punched by the suspect near Columbia and West First Avenue. Minutes later, VPD say the suspect grabbed the keys of a car from a 79-year-old woman and her 82-year-old companion as they got out of their vehicle on Athlete's Way. The 41-year-old drove off and allegedly struck a number of cars near Main Street and East 2nd. VPD located the stolen vehicle in East Vancouver, arresting the man who was also wanted for crimes in Alberta and Ontario. So he is a newcomer here to Vancouver. Um, we know he does have warrants out of Ontario and Alberta. Um, so right now our investigators are looking into why he committed these crimes and, and what led up to them. The suspect was taken to jail for robbery, assault, theft and driving offenses. Just ahead, labor talks in critical condition. How paramedics and the province are finding at least some common ground. And the health crisis causing BC children to wait for surgery. Good evening and good news over here at the Portman Bridge. Just cleared a crash eastbound at the west end. Just a little bit of leftover volume on the approach. Hungry for more income from the NASDAQ 100? Scan to learn about QQCC, an actively managed covered call ETF from Horizons ETFs. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Portman Bridge. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Negotiations continue between the union for BC's paramedics and its employer. They haven't struck a deal yet, but they seem to be finding at least some common ground. And as Catherine Urquhart reports, that's thanks in part to a veteran negotiator who recently got involved. Veteran negotiator Vince Reddy has met with the BC Ambulance Paramedics Union and the Health Employers Association three times over the past week, doing everything possible to find common ground and avert possible job action. Still, there's no deal, but both sides are still talking, and there's some movement on a key sticking point, 
wages. Definitely, um, you know, there's been an acknowledgement, I think, by everybody, and it's really well well uh, acknowledged that uh, our disparity between paramedics across Canada, 30% to less, is, is, is proven us a problem. BC's health minister recently highlighted another major challenge, recruitment. It's my view um, that we have to take strong action to recruit paramedics to rural communities, and uh, and that's what was failing Prior to 2017, that's what we've tried to change by moving people from casual status to permanent status. The recent winter blast exacerbated BC's critical lack of paramedics. According to the union, on Saturday, 60 lower mainland ambulances were out of service due to about 40% not being staffed. At one point, 82 calls were waiting to be dispatched. As for existing temporary stopgap measures, including raising pager pay from $2 an hour to $12 an hour, those will continue into the new year. Those were set to expire on December 31st, and uh, with the assistance of government, we've been able to extend them for another month to the end of January. Vince Reddy is booked to meet with the Paramedics Union and the Health Employers Association January 4th, 5th, and 6th. Both sides making every effort, it seems, to get a deal. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. For the past few months, the BC Children's Hospital has had to scale back surgeries and shuffle staff around trying to keep up with the surge of sick children coming in with respiratory illnesses. As Aaron MacArthur reports, the hospital's head of surgery says they've had to prioritize, which means elective surgeries have been postponed. The respiratory surge in the emergency department has impacted BC Children's Hospital overall capacity. The ICU has seen more severe cases of influenza, which means critical care nurses have been redeployed there. As a result, elective surgeries have been cut back significantly. It's really important that people know that we never stopped doing urgent and emergent surgery. <laughs> For patients and their parents, no surgery is considered elective. Seven-month-old Nash needs heart surgery, ideally before he gets to nine months. The Colwood infant's critical procedure was postponed mid-November after the family had already arrived in Vancouver. It's been rescheduled for January 5th, but his mom Chelsea has no idea if it will go ahead. Every time my phone rings, my, my heart sinks a bit because I'm scared that it's going to be the call that it's going to get pushed back again. Children's has been grappling with how best to prioritize patients. Factors include time sensitivity, complexity, as well as geography. We've also tried to prioritize families that live in remote parts of the province, realizing how hard it is and how much planning is required to come here for elective surgery. I don't like that. According to the Ministry of Health, over the last three months, there have been 135 postponed surgeries. 22 of those have already been done, five no longer necessary leaving 108 surgeries on the list to reschedule. We need to align, realign staff. At Children's, the complexity of getting the backlog cleared is not based on space or OR time, but rather on staffing levels. We're already in the planning stages for what it will look like when we ramp back up. Hi, sweetheart. Respiratory season appears to have peaked or at least plateaued elsewhere in North America. Indications from B.C. suggest a similar trend is happening here when it levels off enough to start chipping into the backlog of surgical cases remains an open-ended question. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
Okay, Keith Baldry joins us now uh, with more on this. And Keith, you have a closer look at the latest stats when it comes mm -hmm. to the flu, RSV, and COVID cases in BC. Yeah, odds are a lot of people watching right now probably know someone who ha currently has the flu or just getting over a butt with influenza. That's the bad news. The good news, as Aaron just reported, the cases seem to be plateauing and, in fact, are declining, according to the Center for Disease Control. So here's a snapshot look at the worst cases. People in hospital with influenza, RSV, or COVID-19. You can see December 15, 282 people with the flu or RSV. That dropped significantly in just five days. Uh, so, again, matches the trend that is declining. COVID, on the other hand, continues to linger around, as we saw last year over the Christmas break. Their numbers are actually going up. So we caught up with Health Minister Adrian Dix today, who points out he hopes this trend continues of a decline, and also points out you can protect yourself again from all these viruses here if you go get vaccinated. Here's the minister. We're hopeful that, that influenza and RSV will have peaked. COVID-19 continues, but we don't know for sure and we don't know what the impact of the holiday season is. We do know that in 2022, last winter, 21-22, and 2021, that we saw an increase in COVID-19 after the Christmas holidays. Now is still the time to get vaccinated. There's an opportunity to do that everywhere in BC. And against COVID-19 and influenza, I strongly recommend people do that. So of the people in hospital, Chris, with uh, influenza or RSV, the number that keeps going up is RSV cases. Uh, influenza is actually going down. So hopefully that trend continues when it comes to influenza. But RSV, we've had, it's not a new virus. It's been here before, but it's showing up in greater numbers. And hopefully those numbers start to go down pretty soon as well. Got to make it a cautious Christmas if you get together, obviously. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks exactly. very much, Keith. Coming up, a guilty plea in the Strawberry Hill incident. He acknowledged his wrongdoing at a very early stage. After swarming an RCMP officer, how the accused managed to avoid a criminal record. Also coming up, stay healthy with experts recommending, yes, caution at Christmas. Greetings from all of us here at Global News. Traffic is steady southbound on Highway 99 through Richmond on the approach to the Massey Tunnel. It's not until you get much further south towards the 91 towards South Surrey that you start to see delays. The Joy to the Ride event is on now. Take on winter cold like a pro with the powerful new 2022 Sierra 1500 Elevation. Visit your local GMC dealer today. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Massey Tunnel. One of the men charged in connection with the swarming of a Surrey RCMP vehicle has pleaded guilty. The incident took place in September at the Strawberry Hills shopping mall and a number of videos were posted online. The accused appeared in court today. Julie Nolan was there and has more. A swarming of a police officer and his vehicle all caught on camera. Now one of the men involved pleading guilty to a charge of obstruction of a peace officer just three months after this alarming encounter at Strawberry Hill Mall. He did not uh, minimize or deny his involvement. Uh, there was a pretty lengthy, multiple videos that were played in court today, so there's no denying what happened that day. Disturbing videos like this posted on social media show a Surrey RCMP officer responding to a noise disturbance call, quickly turning into a confrontation with several young men. 
28-year-old Gurpakish Singh Saini was at the center, and when RCMP appealed to the public for more information, Saini turned himself in. For that reason, the judge was lenient, granting him a conditional sentence of 18 months probation. I guess he's learned a lesson, and hopefully, you know, such behavior in the future does not happen by anyone. In court, Judge Jennifer Lopez condemned the interaction as an example of a mob mentality in what should have been a peaceful disbursement. But she praised his remorse, saying Mr. Saini has acknowledged his wrongdoing every step of the way. He exercised bad judgment that night, but is otherwise an important member of his family and his community. A conditional discharge was an available sentence, and it serves the principle of sentencing when we uh, take into consideration uh, denunciation and deterrence. From a statement read out in court, Saini wrote, I wish to make some progress in life and should be forgiven for this. Court heard he is the sole provider for his family. The conditional sentence means he avoids a criminal record. Charges remain for Saini's co-accused, who's due in court in the new year. Okay, thank you. Surrey RCMP would not comment on the case. With this sentence, though, Saini avoids deportation back to India. Julie Nolan, Global News. Surrey's Municipal Police Service is fighting for its survival, urging the province to keep it as the main force in the city. The SPS has submitted two reports to B.C.'s Solicitor General. Combined, they paint a picture of a police force that started from scratch four years ago, growing to 375 employees today. And Surrey police commanders claim they are the only major police service in Canada that has not had a hard time recruiting new officers. We have 375 people, and we have, uh, in January, we'll have 200 on the front line. And we continue to have great interest from across Canada to come here and join the SPS. And we are implementing some uh, very good, very innovative programs. The SPS argues scrapping the force would be a loss for the province. The city has sent its own report arguing to keep the RCMP in Surrey. Solicitor General Mike Farnworth will have the final say and his decision is expected in the new year. After years of hunkering down because of health measures, many are looking forward to celebrating the holidays with their loved ones. However, the health risk because of a variety of viruses is still pretty serious. Event planner Madeline Kajokian has a few tips to share on how to host cautiously. She says she makes sure she sets the table so everyone has a specific spot. That way nobody can misplace their plates and utensils. A, design, a designated person serves the plate so people don't have to pass food and serving utensils around. She also places different charms in her guest glassware so they can keep track of it. Opening a few windows is a good idea for air circulation, although with this weather that might not be possible. And ahead of the party, she makes sure her guests know it's okay to cancel if they have to. Whatever you can do to keep everybody safe. What I, what I ask my guests before when I'm sending out the invites or when I'm, you know, texting them, um, you know, please, if you're not feeling well, I won't. Always better to be safe than sorry, of course. And we hope your celebrations go off without a hitch. Still to come, so much for our reputation as the mildest climate in Canada. Maybe this is a, a little uh, turn around is fair play kind of thing. The one place in Canada they are driving away the winter blues. But first, neglected puppies get a new lease on life.
happy holidays from all of us here at Global BC. The next round of snow already starting in some parts of Vancouver Island. We'll get the latest on the next severe weather event coming with Christy Gordon right now. Yeah, so the whole timeline I'm going to break down for you. I just want to highlight quickly that we do have snowfall warnings now in place for the interior, and it includes the Coquihalla Allison Pass as well. Not only are we going to see the potential for 20 centimeters of snow, but there's a risk of freezing rain on those highways. So it's not great to travel across the south coast, and it's not great to travel the mountain passes, and this is tonight through the day tomorrow. All right, so here's the timeline. Let me step out of the way. So heavy snow expected overnight. We'll see that through the morning hours across Metro Vancouver, 10 to 20 centimeters as possible. Now, for those of you across Vancouver Island, by the morning hours, that's when you have that risk of freezing rain. So you'll see snowfall, you'll see freezing rain, you could see ice pellets as well. Then that risk sort of pushes into the lower mainland. For our region, it's more likely late morning through the afternoon hours that we have the potential. But for those of you in through the Fraser Valley, there's a good chance that that freezing rain will linger for a good part of the day. So developing through the late morning, but then likely continuing that risk right through the evening and even overnight hours into our Saturday. So a prolonged period of freezing rain is possible, especially through the Fraser Valley. And then a big warm-up and a huge amount of rain on the way. So that's when we have the potential for flooding. So that's into Saturday morning with that heavy rain. All right. So here's a quick look at the areas that have the potential for freezing rain. It's across Vancouver Island and also through southern metro Vancouver through the Fraser Valley. Those are the areas that have the best chance, although all areas areas have a good chance or have a chance of seeing for freezing rain. So snow through the interior is 5 to 10 centimeters, but there's some localized areas that could see up to 15 to 20, especially for the mountain passes with the risk of freezing rain. For our region, heavy snow overnight through the morning hours, risk of freezing rain by late morning through the afternoon hours, and then a big warm-up as you can see. And we've got several uh, atmospheric rivers that are on deck, and so that's why we've got a significant potential for flooding beyond that. So it's not going to be a white Christmas, certainly a wet Christmas, and I'll show you tonight Central Windows Weather Window, which is coming to you from English Bay. Although the snow causes a lot of problems, it is so much fun for the kids, and it's so great to remember that. Chris, back to you. Any slope at all is a blast with some of that snow. Yeah. Too bad it's not going to stick around too much longer, but thanks very much, Christy. This next story is sure to warm your heart on a cold day. These puppies will soon be looking for their forever homes, but their story actually has a tragic beginning. The BCSPCA sees two adult golden retrievers and six puppies, along with a pregnant Australian shepherd, from a property in the North Okanagan yesterday. The animal welfare organization says the dogs were in deplorable conditions and exposed to these freezing temperatures. SPCA constables say they found the Australian shepherd chained to a wall. None of the animals had enough food or water. They will all be cared for by the SPCA until they're well enough to be adopted. And you know there will be some demand for them, no doubt. All right, let's check in once again with uh, Squire and find out what's going on in sports. Well, the uh, Seattle Kraken are in town tonight to take on the Vancouver Canucks. And the Kraken are a much better team this year than they were last year. We don't do one thing, you know, particularly well every night. You know, it's a, it's a mixture of things. Look forward to more on that coming up, Squire. Also, winter golf is par for the course in BC, but look who has bragging rights now.
All right, big game, big hockey game tonight, and here is a tussle-haired Well, I don't know if that's a nice way to put it, but actually I just didn't have time to. Uh... Well, you still look I got a cut, but, you know, I got a, I got a, it was, enough, it was a fine cut, but I got to do a little more with it. Anyway, don't mind that. The uh, Canucks have not been good at home this season, and Seattle has been pretty good on the road. So, does that pattern continue tonight at Rogers Arena, or can the Canucks actually give their fans their money's worth. Spencer Martin will start in goal again, and the Canucks could very well have Elias Pettersson back in the lineup. He appears to be over the flu or whatever was making him sick, and Bruce Boudreau says he'll be a game-time decision. Uh, we're glad to have him potentially back for tonight, but I mean, uh, I think for sure tomorrow. Man. You know, he's our leading scorer, and you know, he leads in a lot of categories. He's the, uh, in the penalty killing and the power play. I mean, you can see the difference with him out uh, without there, not being there and being there. So he is a big difference. When you lose your better players, I mean, this, this is the league based on better players. There were people last year who actually thought the Seattle Kraken could have a first season similar to that of the Vegas Golden Knights. Not make the Stanley Cup final like Vegas did, but they felt the playoffs was very much a possibility for Seattle. But the Kraken's goaltending was bad last season. It let down a team that if you look at its stats wasn't all that bad at least not as bad as his record indicated this year though Seattle's goaltending is better and so is the team in front of the goalies and now the playoffs are very much a possibility and now Geeky what a pass Sprong in the clear and he scores the Kraken have proven it doesn't have to take that long to go from a bad team to a pretty good one the Kraken were a pretty typical expansion franchise in year one, finishing third last in the standings. But not even halfway into year two, Seattle's currently sitting with the 10th best winning percentage in the NHL and are comfortably in a playoff spot in the West. The biggest difference so far, goal scoring. Seattle went from 28th in offense a year ago to sixth in goals per game this year. We have more of, a, of an ability to, to create and generate offense. And that has, you know, that's empowered other parts of our game. But right now, you know, we're a group that has confidence in each other. Um, and, you know, probably that's probably the biggest difference is our ability and, and belief that we can generate offense at key times. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, comfort level with each other and building chemistry. I think that was, um, you know, a big focus with you know, our coaches is leaving guys together that, um, like, you know, letting them build chemistry and, you know, then you might have some tough games, but um, knowing down the line that, you know, you guys are going to play well together. Now the other end, Beneers is in, he scores! Matty Beneers is definitely a Calder Trophy candidate for Rookie of the Year. He leads all first-year NHLers with 11 goals and 24 points, but the Kraken have also tidied things up in their own end. Goaltending was an issue in year one, but veteran Martin Jones from North Vancouver has shored up the crease. And with the added offense, the Kraken are winning a lot more than they're losing. So team defense has been a little bit better to help them out. Uh, hopefully not giving them too many like breakaways or I'm in rushes, things like that. So, um, you know, I think it's a little combination, but they've been, they've been awesome. So it's, you know, helps us so much.
The Kraken have yet to beat the Canucks in five career meetings, but that's little solace to Canucks fans who would eagerly switch places in the standings. And the fact a former Canuck, Jared McCann, is the Kraken all-time leading scorer makes it even worse. But McCann's not really hung up on sticking it to his old team. That was a long time ago, so I uh, kind of, you know, it, it's uh, water under the bridge, I guess, right? And, um, you know, I've, uh, I'm always going to be thankful for the Canucks for drafting me and, and giving me an opportunity to play in the NHL. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. Paltus Lakes, Reese Howden. Now, yesterday we showed you him winning a silver medal in the ski cross in Italy. They had another ski cross World Cup race today, and this time Howden got one step up on the podium. He led from start to finish. So a goal for the man from Cultus Lake. He has 12 podiums in 35 World Cup races. And here is the finish. And as you can tell, he's most excited to go into the Christmas break with a gold medal around his neck. You know, it feels great. Um, had a slow start to the season, but uh, learned from it. And, um, you know, it's a... Uh, this is a tough race, you know, but yeah, this is a this is a way to go into the Christmas holidays, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy, really proud, really uh, proud of the Canadian Ski Cross team and all the support staff. Alfonso Davies is the Canadian Male Soccer Player of the Year for the third year in a row, led Canada to the World Cup. Now, others were important as well on that team, but he did score Canada's first ever World Cup goal against Croatia, and he played every minute of the World Cup for Canada. And every year at this time, people always ask, plays of the year, when is plays of the year? It's traditional, it's always on Christmas Day, and it will be on Christmas Day this year. And of course, Christmas Day, if you didn't know, is on Sunday. Let's hope we all make it there with this wild winter storm coming in. It's gonna be a long time before you and I are golfing. Well, we could go out now if you really wanted to. I think the course would be empty. Uh, I think yeah. we could get a time. We'd, we'd yeah. have to use orange golf balls, we'd but I think some, we could get on for sure. We'd need special equipment. That is not the case, though, in Nova Scotia. That's our next story coming up. Happy holidays from all of us here at Global BC. A lot of bitterly cold numbers on that snow report. Jordan Armstrong is standing by with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11, including, Jordan, some breaking travel news. That's right, Chris. WestJet is cancelling all flights arriving and departing YVR as of 11.50 tonight, so just before midnight tonight, until late Friday afternoon. WestJet flights are also being cancelled at Abbotsford, Victoria, Nanaimo, and Comox airports. Meanwhile, it looks like a lot of people who were planning to stock up at grocery stores tomorrow or Christmas Eve are instead doing it tonight. Have a look. This given the warning not to drive tomorrow, of course. This is the parking lot of the Langley Costco tonight. The place is a gong show. We're hearing the Abbotsford Costco was even worse this afternoon with people waiting two hours just to exit the parking lot. Amadagahi is on the weather emergency story for us tonight, and he'll have a full report at 11. Chris? 
That's going to be the basis of our coverage for a couple of days here, I think. Thanks very much, Jordan. Well, while much of the country is gearing up for or currently dealing with a winter storm, Nova Scotians are taking advantage of their sunny weather. And as Global's Megan King shows us, the mild temperatures suit these folks to a T. Sunny skies and a snow-free course make for the perfect conditions to hit the links here at Indian Lake Golf Course in Hatchet Lake. And it's December. In the past, we've been the one with lots of snow or cold weather or high winds or whatever. Some of the other parts of the country have been uh, more fortunate than us and been able to play longer than us. So maybe this is a, a little uh, turnaround is fair play kind of thing for us. With temperatures sitting just above zero, McLeod says golfers don't seem to mind putting an extra layer on to keep up gameplay well into the winter. 10 to 15 years ago, what we used to see was a lot of minus 10, 15, 20s when there was nobody willing to come out here and play on the course. But right now at uh, around zero, uh, low plus, low minus a little bit, they don't seem to mind as much. So long as it's still, you know, snow free, like, um, and it's reasonably like, you know, mild as it is right now um, it's something I'd probably you know keep up doing like even into the you know deep into the winter for sure. Yeah, there's only so many opportunities that you can get out you know at this time of the year with the uh, wind not blowing very heavily you know as long as the wind chill factor is reasonable it's not bad to come out as long as you have proper layers on. And we're maritimers so we're a little crazy. <laughs> and winter temperatures also mean a more creative way to play. Winter golf is an interesting thing um, where people would normally hit into the water. They can now bounce it across the ice and uh, it creates uh, some interesting shots for sure. With tee decks in place to protect the green from winter wear, this course is set to stay open year-round, weather permitting. Megan King, Global News. So it's a little bit brisk. I love the dude rocking the Santa outfit on the course. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> golf attire. All right, Christy, I know uh, you're off tomorrow, but you've been watching this, and, uh, and we got to keep it uh, tuned here for the latest information as this storm rolls through. That's right. Both Mark and Yvonne will be in tomorrow and they'll have all the details as things transpire. But heavy snow tonight through the morning hours tomorrow. Risk of freezing rain for Metro Vancouver late morning through the afternoon. But that freezing rain may likely linger through the Fraser Valley into Saturday morning. Heavy rain Saturday morning. And yes, it's all going to wash away, which I have to say is a little sad for the kids, but yeah. sure is great for travel. That's been good sledding. All right, be safe out there, everybody. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great night.